Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Yes. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you are not walking with the Lord, give no care to his word, or tire of hearing the same truths from it, then the description of the righteous man in this passage and his blessings are certainly not for you. We will be looking at four specific and very brief points today in this psalm. These are the blessed man, his delight, his life, and being known of God. Who is the blessed man? The antithesis here or opposite of the blessed man is well described in this passage. They are the ungodly, the wicked, the sinner, and the scornful. Great force is used in showing who the blessed man is by what he doesn't do, first of all, and the resulting consequences for him and the wicked both now and in eternity. The blessed man here is noted for his action. He is found doing something. He isn't simply naming the name of Christ. He's departing from iniquity. The scriptures do tell us where the righteous walk, stand, and sit. The blessed man walks in the counsel of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 2 tells us that knowledge, discretion, and understanding keep him, that he may walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. The blessed man stands fast in the Lord, on the promises of God and in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He stands with his loins, girt about with truth, yes. having on the blessed parade of righteousness. The blessed man has been raised up, made to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us examine ourselves. Which man or woman are you today? Who are you listening to? What are your inputs? From whom do you garner your counsel? What is the basis for your reasoning, your logic, and the substance of your beliefs? Let us look now at what the blessed man delights in. The blessed man finds his delight in the law of the Lord. Do we find our delight in the law of the Lord? Not only does he find his delight in the history, wisdom, and revelation from Scripture, but in the whole counsel of God. The true nature and being of the sovereign God of the universe and his interactions with mankind are detailed throughout each page. Do you delight in the law of God? Do I? The testimony of his goodness, mercy, benevolence, justice, wrath, and sovereignty are a delight to this blessed man. Our delight in the law of God is further evidence of our conversion and our love of him, as we know from 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Let us consider for a moment how we delight in God's standard for our worship, if we delight in God's standard for our appearance? Do we delight 
and God's standard for our submission to all spheres of authority, regardless of our personal preferences? Can we delight in God's standard for holiness and the consecration of our members, what we set before our eyes, our ears, and the affections of our hearts? Dear friends, are we intentional with the Word of God? David described the blessed man as doing so. He meditates. May we, too, regularly meditate, think upon, and muse, if you will, upon his word, nature, character, power, our Savior, and the unsearchable riches of Christ. If we delight in his word, then we will be keepers of it. May we hunger and thirst after righteousness more than we do today and seek the word of God daily, regularly, Let's think for a moment. Psalm 19, 7 through 11, which we know very well, describes David's delight in the law of God. Here are a few words that describe it. It is perfection. It is surety. Wisdom. It is right. It's cause for rejoicing. It's pure. It's enlightening. It's clean. It's enduring. It's true. It's righteous altogether. Amen. With a great reward there is in keeping it. Yes. Let us look now closer at the blessed man's life. A blessed man's life is likened to a tree by use of a simile here. Nebuchadnezzar's dream also reflected a tree of stature to a man's life. As does Psalm 128, the use of a vine for a wife and children likened to olive plants. Man has always understood the concept of agriculture and both the utility and fruitfulness of trees, making this an easy simile for us to grasp. Let's read it again. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. First, he is planted. The tree firmly planted is aesthetically pleasing. It provides refreshment from both its covering and healthy branches and leaves as well as the fruit it bears in its season. As Paul describes in Colossians 2.7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Perfect. Secondly, he is fruitful. John 15 describes the fruitfulness of man as abiding in the Lord, regularly purged, pruned, and keeping the word of the Lord. Psalm 92, 13 and 14 says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Third, his leaf does not wither, for his vibrancy, spirit, and vigor comes from the Lord as he stands upon the word of God, which shall endure forever. Finally, whatsoever he does prospers. How so is this? The Lord is his shepherd. The 23rd Psalm says that his cup runneth over and that the goodness and the mercy of the Lord shall follow him all the days of his life. If we are not rooted, if we are not grounded, if we are withered, and if we are dry, and cease to prosper spiritually, then let us again examine ourselves, confess our sins, and begin anew to do the first works. Let us be intentional about our faith, our practice, and our lives as we seek fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A few months back at a men's meeting, our pastor described an icon of athleticism in our time. He was noted for his affection, his delight of his sport, his disciplined regime of diet, sleep, 
and social interactions was both on and off the field. His life was ordered by his playbook. Everything he does and is will be determined by his objectives and commitment to a dedication of something called a game. Yes. It is his carnal delight for the love of a game. Can we make the word of God our delight? Yes. Can we prove it by our lives and the fruit that we bear? Let us do this. Finally, to be known of God. To be known of God is to be one of the called, one of his chosen people. According to 2 Timothy 1.9, rooted and grounded in his affection and love for us. If this is true, then we should be the most fruitful trees in the kingdom of heaven. Are we filled with his presence and his abiding love as the branches abide in the vine which bear much fruit? Are we known of him, or we are, or we are a fruitless branch, withered to be cast off into the fire and burned? John 10.14 says that we are known of him as a shepherd knows his sheep. Second Timothy 2.19 agrees with, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. He knows our frame. He remembers us. He sets his eye upon us and keeps us. He directs our path and he lights our way. Yes. He sets his affections upon us yes. and charges his angels concerning us. Yes. Amen. May we each be known of God in this way. Let us remember today the blessed man, his delight, the cause of fruitfulness in his life, moreover, being known of God both now and in eternity. May the Lord be magnified. Amen. Amen. Amen.